The Blunt Post with Vic. Good morning, happy Monday, and welcome to The Blunt Post with Vic. I am your host, Vic Jaramie, the editor and publisher of The Blunt Post. The Blunt Post with Vic is a program that covers national, regional, and local headline news, offers analysis and commentary, and I interview members of Congress, local elected officials, and other high-profile public figures. This is The Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM, if you're just joining us. I am your host, Vic Jaramie, uh, here in the studio with uh, my producer, Ricky Herrera. Good morning, Ricky. Good morning. We've got um, some uh, interesting topics to talk about this morning, uh, including the coronation, last week's coronation of King Charles III. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it just seems so frivolous in with everything that's going on in the world with, you know, people being killed and nuclear weapons being talked about and uh, a looming recession and and on and on and on and even in Britain, you know, people are suffering uh, because of inflation and unemployment. We have like this <laughs> coronation, you know. It's like we've gone back to the you know eighteenth, nineteenth, seventeenth centuries. Um, yeah, it just seems kind of bizarre, you know. Uh, I know they they claim that they toned it down and all of that so it's more modern and it's less ostentatious but nonetheless just watching it or looking at photos uh, it still <laughs> seems pretty extravagant and, and pretty I don't know out of touch I was looking at the pictures it looked very grand oh the family lo a lot of elements at play obviously with Harry and the media just just loves that whole story and it always brings back up Princess Diana and the real queen headlines. I was reading about that. And it's one of those topics. It's weird because I do respect that family and I respect the wishes of, of the English because they dig the royal family. They want this to still be a part of their culture and stuff. But as you said, it's not all of them. I would say maybe half of them. They're pretty divided on that. I understand that. It's just like how half the country here doesn't want a particular person in office, but right. we have to respect the other the other halves when sure. they elect someone as president. And so I guess my point is is that yeah, despite it being out of touch and I was in awe just seeing the pictures that this is a thing in twenty twenty three, but this is what they want. Yeah, and you know, uh to me. Uh, Prince Harry is the most real member of the royal family. Um, he's definitely my favorite. I I believe him. I respect him. And of course, he gets treated like a second-class citizen. That's unfortunate, but that's what happens when you speak the truth and when you don't succumb to politics of respectability and, you know, just take the abuse and uh, stay quiet as they like you to. Yeah, I mean, there's not much more to say. Uh, of course, you know, the, all the looted and stolen diamonds and jewelry from South Africa and India and Russia and <laughs> Sierra Leone and other parts of the world. It's just it's just a little bizarre for me. You know, I, I've I've done a lot of reading about the the British royal jewels and where they came from and how they got there. It's just 
it's kind of shameful. Most of it was acquired, quote in quotes, illegally or in some sort of a shady way. So, but anyways, moving on to something more serious and um, imagine someone putting a crown on your head. Like, just imagine being in that position. And you know, we're gonna have to see this again in like I don't know, twenty years. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because because. You know, King Charles is like in his 70s. So Prince William will be king. He's not going to have to wait as long as uh, as Charles did uh, to be king. Anyways, I, I interrupt you. Moving on. No, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot more serious uh, of a, a topic. I remember the writer's strike about 15 years ago. And here we are again. Uh, mm-hmm. They're on strike. I support them. I support the writers. I've... Uh, uh, read a lot about uh, what they are striking for and what their demands are. And they're very fair and they're very reasonable. Um, but to me, this is just uh, another example of greed in on top, the, the top C-suite executives greed and wanting to uh, take home seven figure salaries and bonuses uh, and also shareholders. But yet majority of the people who are making that money happen the writers on the ground are the ones that are suffering. A lot of them are having a hard time making ends meet, just making a decent, modest living. Uh, but they used to. So through the years, uh, their sort of contracts and their terms have eroded. So I'll just go over some of the points that they're making. You know, there used to be writers' rooms uh, where Let's say a writer would pitch a story to a network and the network would order pilot and then it would go into production. They would order like, let's say, 22 episodes. There'd be a writer's room of about 12 writers who would write uh, these 22 episodes. What they've done is they've cut that writer's room to about half and that half are working longer hours and a lot more and uh, for less. So they want to go back to the system that they had. Uh, another thing is they want 5 to 6% increase in their pay. I mean, can you imagine that the inflation we're in? I mean, 5 to 6% is really nothing compared to the inflated prices. About half the writers in Hollywood are making the minimum, the minimum rate for what they do, um, which just kind of nuts. I mean, imagine if big stars made like what the SAG, uh, you know, the SAG minimum uh, salary would be for for a project. Another one, which is a big one, is the streaming residuals from streaming. They're making very little money from streaming. And one of the reasons is that streaming companies like Netflix, Hulu and Amazon and such are, are holding on to the data of viewership. They're not releasing them. So neither the writers nor the producers really know the success of their writing and so that they can pay, get paid accordingly. So the, the residuals, I mean, you know, people are watching more and more streaming and yet these writers are not getting their residuals, at least uh, not what they deserve. Uh, they're also about uh, what artificial intelligence is going to do to their jobs. Um, and they want that to be addressed and, and researched. Uh, and there are other other points they're making too, and they all seem very reasonable. 
Uh, but of course, you know, corporate America, it's about the the executives on top and shareholders and um, they're not budging. So it looks like this is going to be a, a a long strike. At least that's what it looks like now. We got 11,000 writers, 11,000 plus writers going on strike. And I, I do want to just shout out, uh, <laughs> I think this happened last time too, some of the late night hosts paying their writers out of their own pockets during the strike. Strikes are needed. And you talk about corporate America. It's weird. I'll read stories of uh, record-breaking profits from a company, McDonald's, and then a day later you read a story how they're laying off 500 employees. There's this momentum from corporate America to slash jobs and save money when they're making the most money they've ever made. <laughs> so... That's all very confusing. And one of the interesting elements about this writer strike uh, to me, because an increase in wage, you know, that that comes with uh, almost every type of strike. But the artificial intelligence element to all of this. And it is scary that even writers, people that that are artists, that create original ideas are kind of weary of artificial intelligence. I think that's troubling. Because artificial intelligence kind of expect that to permeate particular workforces, you know, uh, you know, automotive industries, uh, customer service industries. But to think that artificial intelligence is a concern in in an industry where creativity is at the forefront, that is pretty disturbing. Yeah, absolutely. You expect that in tech, as you said, customer service, things like that. And I, for one, won't have it. I'm not going to contribute to that. I'm not going to contribute to taking away, you know, that after school job from a kid, you know, to deliver pizzas and, and stuff like that. And I I hope people can kind of get on board with this and 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 stop this. Yeah, and they can start by supporting the writers. And that includes uh, the actors, you know, big names. A lot of times when these strikes happen, uh, you don't see A-list, A-lists go out and support them and use their platform. No, they don't give a blank. They don't no. give a blank. You got no. some do. Like, I know Rob Lowe was out on the picketing and stuff. Yeah, it's it's too few. Come on, people. You know, we've got to uh, stick together. Uh, if it wasn't for the writers, <laughs> there would be no film there'll be no television you won't be winning your oscars yeah we'll see what happens we will um we will uh follow this and and uh talk about it next week and if if we're lucky it'll be over by next week before i forget your town hall was last thursday yes, uh, yes. can you highlight maybe a couple yeah, couple moment, yeah moments from the town hall uh yeah thanks for reminding me yeah uh, Truth and Accountability League, or TAL, uh, had a town hall in Glendale to talk about uh, not not just the recent increase of anti-Armenian racism and, and hate incidents, but uh, uh, hate crimes uh, all around against all different types of communities that have been happening. Um, I invited uh, six really distinguished people to be panelists. Uh, including Mayor of Glendale, Mayor of West Hollywood, uh, Glendale Police Chief, um, Chief of Staff from the DA's office, uh, um, State Commissioner Sam Kabushian, and as well as uh, our partner 
in the town hall, which was the LA County Commission on Human Relations, the executive director, Robin Toma. So it was really great. Uh, it was live streamed. Um, people can still watch it uh, on the Truth and Accountability League's website, which is truthandaccountabilityleague.org uh, or on its Facebook page. Um, yeah, a lot of dignitaries came and uh, you know, we had a really good discussion to educate people to uh, create awareness and also um, let them know about the tools and things that they can do uh, if they uh, not just if they are victims of hate crimes, but uh, but even hate incidents, hate acts or racist remarks and such such. A lot of people don't know that they can call 211, which is uh, it was created by L.A. versus hate, which is a, an initiative of the L.A. County Commission on Human Relations. So, you know, if you're you know, if you are a victim of any kind of a hate incident, uh you know, and it could just be something you're not sure whether it's an actual crime or not. It doesn't matter. You can call 211 and report it. Um, that way, they have better data and they can better uh, serve the community in LA County. 211. Oh, that, that's awesome information. Truth and Accountability League.org. You could check out, watch the video of Vic's Town Hall that he set up and moderated last week. So you have an interview with a. Very intriguing mu musical artist, Mark Ray. Give us a little tease, man. Like, how was the interview? Did you have any favorite parts about the interview? And I know you want to, like, play some music throughout the show of Mark Ray's. I think for people to appreciate him and the, the interview, uh, they, they need to listen to some of his music. It's just so uh, poignant and dense and uh, entertaining, obviously, beautiful. But at the same time, it's so meaningful so personal, you know, just sort of like all around. It's just a, a very unique hip hop artist that uh, I really enjoyed interviewing. So uh, maybe we can listen to some of some of his music. Yeah, we definitely will. And before we get to your interview with Mark Toure, let's take a break. The Blunt Post with Vic. Greetings, sisters and brothers. This is Robbie D. In 1989, I was shooting the documentary First Strike portrait of an activist. My attempts at getting any sort of news coverage for the heroic acts of Katya Kamsarik breaking into Vandenberg Air Force Base and destroying several Navstar guidance systems went nowhere. There was not one print, television, or radio outlet that would advise the public of this disarmament action that was in full compliance with international law. Nobody, that is, except for KPFK. Our brave and wise radio station broke the news embargo. The subsequent press coverage allowed the public to learn of the illegal U.S. policy of first-strike targeting of other nations with nuclear weapons. Never underestimate the importance of the genuine free press. KPFK is the real deal. Peace out. Patty Smith, and you're listening to Fiercely Independent Pacifica Radio, KPFK 90.7 FM. People have the power.
Lump Post with Vic. Mark Touré is a renowned musician with a vision of hip hop uh, as a tool to educate and empower people uh, with Armenian genocide survivors and Holocaust rescuers as grandparents on either side of his family tree. Mark was inspired to create songs such as 1915, which led to worldwide celebrated live performances in Times Square, outside the White House and at the March for Justice in Los Angeles. Mark's new deeply personal and poignant album has created a lot of buzz and has made him one of the most unique and extraordinary rap artists today. Uh, let's listen to one of Mark's tunes before the interview. Intertwined with the prime grind gene, who better? Rhyme schemes, let him make Einstein's dream, too clever. Yeah, it's wordplay to the day I'm gray and die. So put that bouquet to display the grave I lie. Living the life, spitting it nice until then. Stay gripping the mic, triple the price with my pen. Not talking features, but the worth of each verse. Seeking perfection is the curse I traverse. Beast mode, heat stroke, never doing the least most. Eat flows, these folks know we're from the East Coast. Please hold me down, round my town in Moco. Spread my sound, profound, bound for Soho. Let's ride west side, right rhymes, jet flies, tight lines, neckties, juicy buns, wet thighs. Bars be that grim reaper with a street sweeper, spitting flames at lames as I aim the heat seeker. Let the tune slap to that new rap, boom rap. So give it here, don't interfere with the true craft. Bring the flavor to your face, fast pace, spit it clear. Just so y'all can hear what I'm kicking in your ear. From a family account Scaling out design an island I could barely pronounce I ain't even selling that That's my daily amount You can read it and weep She live with me to the beach Funny you corny But I got your freak on a leash The beast of the east And I didn't mean to take your wife But when we touch sparks Fly like a power ranger Fighting Orange County veteran Like Oswin Benjamin Another sway cosign That I've been better than Momentum from the pendulum The rent is met with penmanship I'm still van wilder Than Ryan Reynolds Ever been his eminence They steady Good morning, Mark. Thank you for being on the Blunt Post with Vic this morning. How are you today? I'm good, man. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Although it's almost noon there because you're calling from the D.C. area. Yep, yep. And just for the record, you're, you know, I'm calling you Mark, but Mark Touré is your official name and it's also your stage name, but it's your real French name, too. Exactly. Yeah, I kind of figured the, the two R.A.Y. would be a little simpler than all the silent L's and everything. Yeah, and I really enjoy your music for so many reasons. Obviously, it's you know really entertaining. It's beautiful, but also the social consciousness of it and the, how it contributes to to our cohesion. And uh, there's a message there. So I really enjoyed uh, watching you perform back in when was it September? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, when I was in D.C. So um, this is really cool. So. Before I sort of put my own label or my own sort of sure. explanation, I just want to ask you, how would you, for those listening, how would you characterize your music? How would you describe it? So I kind of have coined the term like hip hop with a message because um, you're right. A lot of my songs do have sort of a, a social justice sort of or a consciousness sort of undertone to them. Um, 
And that's something that I think is a great quality of hip hop. I think it goes back to the roots of hip hop, you know, with, um, you know, Grandmaster Flash and NWA and Public Enemy, you know, some of the the great groups in the beginning were talking about issues that were not being covered in any other, you know, source of media, the news or television or movies. Uh, so in its truest form, in my opinion, hip hop can be a way to to get a message out there um, and inform and educate people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean the origins of hip hop, as you said, uh, there's a lot of activism there. Exactly. Yeah. So it it makes total sense um you know before we before we go into like the, you know your music and, and such sure. i i just want to know from your perspective uh in this sort of uh, very fast changing music uh industry you know yeah, going yeah. from a time when i remember if an artist sold 5 million copies of an album, they would say, oh, it's such a disappointment. That was a bum, you know? And yeah. now if an artist sells like a million, they're the number one selling artist of that year. How do you see the, the state of the music industry? You know, it's it's one of those things that's always evolving and changing. Um, I think social media has done a, a big sort of Flip. Um, the ability for everyone to just post directly out there to the fans has really sort of, in a lot of ways, bypassed, you know, the sort of media arm that a record label would have, you know, being able to do the top 40 sort of FM circuit used to be like, no one would hear you if you if you didn't go that route. Nowadays, you know, you can put your music out on all those platforms. You know, the flip side of that is now it's very oversaturated because everybody can do that. So there's a lot of, you know, drive to make your music stand out or to have um, something in your video catch people in the first first 15 seconds but it's also like you said like sales used to be the main driving force now everyone no one hardly ever buys a product um, especially not digitally maybe they'll buy something if it's physical um, but it's almost like more of a nostalgia sort of piece like to buy a vinyl version of a copy or an album or something so that's something that you know makes it hard and then also just I'm following the news with everything going on with AI and you know the whole lawsuit going on with with Drake and everything it looks like there might be another big shift coming but you know it's one of those things where it's just it's always evolving and I think the 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 key thing is just to stay consistent with your sound and your fan base and don't try to hop on the bandwagon and and, and, and switch up for for a fad because you know it's always going to be an evolving thing but consistency sort of just you know perseveres if you're just tuning in this is the blunt post with vic on kpfk 90.7 fm i am your host vic jarami you are listening to my interview with musician mark teray yeah i'm i'm uh i like the fact that you said something positive because i think if i'd asked that question to a lot of people you'd hear more negative you you actually accentuated uh, a positive, which is that the artist has more sort of power now, more in control. There are not as many gatekeepers and you can really promote yourself, be your own publicist yeah. and marketing guru, if you will. So I like that part. You know, I was reading an article. Uh, uh, it was an interview actually with Lance Bass of InSync, mm -hmm. And he was saying that, you know, this is 20 plus years ago when they were, you know, such a massive international band and touring and stuff that he hardly made any money his first check came two years after he started and and that's when it was people were still buying cds yeah. you know? i mean it was starting to change but still people were buying cds and albums and stuff so you know i just wonder as someone who's not in the music industry is uh, from an artist perspective was it better then or is it better now 
you know, yeah. it's it's hard. I can't really speak to it back then because, you know, I've only been sort of actively putting out music and really sort of in the in the industry on a professional level since like 2014. So but I, I do know like the some of those elements of then like like with Lance Bass, I've you know, I, I know a lot of deals and record labels are sort of like there's a big sort of cash, you know, upfront payment but a lot of that is really meant to be spent towards producing the project the album all the production clearing samples you know mixing mastering and getting it out there and then you know the sales so you're really making you're kind of like paying off a debt essentially for the first you know course of that album being out and making the sales because you've been loaned this big uh, chunk of money to produce the product and definitely some elements of that still exist um, you know, it's really, that's one of the things that's like, you know, just to have a good team around you to analyze, you know, um, what the deal is and how the ramifications of it are going to look. Cause it'd be great to get a whole stack of money, but like there's certain obligations and deadlines you have to meet with that. Right. Um, so yeah, you know, as an independent artist, it's kind of liberating to not have those deadlines and those, you know, those, the, that pressure to certain sell, you know, if I'm able to put out a project and it does exceedingly well, that's amazing. If it doesn't meet all my expectations, you know, I'm not owing any huge amount of money to an outside, you know, interest. But then at the same time, you know, you're 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 doing everything self-funded. So it's only so much, you know, every every artist has his own budget when it comes to doing it independent that way, which is sort of a hindrance as well. Yeah, I guess you just have to roll with it. Live the life on life's terms. Yeah. It's kind of uh, evolve constantly. So let's go back to, to your music because, um, sure. you know, some of the things that that people say about your music that it's well let's just say that you are a therapist for those that are listening you're a therapist for children uh, with autism so you know you have that you know you that's that's something that you do and it influences the music and so some of the things that that said about your music that it's um you know it's educational it's good to use to to bring up people's consciousness and also even help children Uh, are those accurate um, yeah, I, w- I would say so. I think a lot of my songs are, or I should say like three or four of my songs are being used in, in numerous schools, um, high schools and colleges um, to help educate. Um, you know, the the work, it's kind of different than the work that I do with, with children um, from a therapy standpoint. Um, you know, I, I do work as a, as a floor time therapist at the, the Floor Time Center in Bethesda, Maryland, which is a, a play-based therapy center. Uh, developed by Dr. Stanley Greenspan and really works as like early intervention to help build social and emotional skills with a lot of children, primarily children with the autism spectrum. But, um, you know, a lot of different sort of um, kids with different sort of needs where I kind of brought the music into the educational standpoint is through a lot of my music being of a social sort of um, activism or or sort of a, a, you know, a conscious undertone having a lot of those connections in the educational field from working in the industry. Um, you know, there was a lot of demand and, and one of my songs, uh, 1915 that I put out, which uh, talks a lot about the Armenian genocide right. and uh, sort of how that connects to, you know, the laying the groundwork for, you know, the Holocaust and a lot of other crimes against uh, humanity and genocides that have occurred since then. That song is being used in a lot of different high school and colleges and, after that was sort of being used, I got a lot of great feedback from teachers saying, oh, wow, this is like teaching a lesson and giving a good summary in four minutes. And, you know, I think it being packaged through hip hop as a medium that a lot of kids, you know, in like the the 16 to, you know, 21 year uh, sort of age group. Exactly. Um, and then higher, you know, 
higher um you know reception retaining and you know they're they're seeing uh, much more engagement so then I, I released a few other songs that are of sort of similar topics and things like that that are uh, being used as well. Yeah, I mean, your your music has been used in curricula in uh, uh, St. Petersburg College and uh, Montgomery College and others. If you're just tuning in, this is The Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. I am your host, Vic Jaramie. You are listening to my interview with musician Mark Ture. Mark, uh, you were just talking about the song 1915, which I've seen you perform. And uh, we just, uh, the the 108th anniversary of the Armenian Genocide just passed. And it's such a beautiful song. And you've you've performed it uh, in Times Square and in front of the White House, the March for Justice um, and such. Talk about a little bit about that song, especially because it's, it's one of your most popular songs. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much. I mean, that's that song is um, really close to my heart. You know, in a lot of ways, when I first started making music, one of my main motivations was to write a song about the Armenian genocide. And and part of that comes from the fact that not only was my grandfather a survivor of it, but, you know, the uh, perpetrator of the genocide, you know, the Ottoman Empire, you know, modern day Turkey has been denying that genocide for 108 years. So it's it's a really you know, an open wound in a lot of ways for the Armenian community and, you know, the Greek community, a lot of other sort of uh, communities who suffered under that. So that's something that, you know, going back to sort of my view of hip hop being a way to educate and talk about important issues that maybe aren't being talked about in other medias. I wanted to to tell people about it because uh, growing at high school, going to middle school, no one really knew about it. All my friends, people, they just never heard of it. So I felt like that was something that, you know, I needed to do to to help change that a bit. So I, I talk a lot about in the first verse, you know, my grandfather and my grandmother's escape. And the second verse sort of connects the dots to how Hitler, you know, was, you know, aware of that through Turkey, uh, the Ottoman Empire and Germany being allies in World War One, sort of how they sort of saw that um, that genocide framework sort of come together and use that as a template for the Holocaust. And then sort of the third verse, I'm talking about how this ongoing denial has sort of set a tone for, you know, oppressors not being held accountable in the 20th century and moving forward and how there's been so many other genocides that have taken place that have used the Armenian genocide as more or less as a template. And so that's sadly, something, yeah. Oh, sorry to interrupt you. Oh, no, go ahead. And sadly, it's history is repeating itself because Azerbaijan now, with help from the, the perpetrator of the Armenian genocide, Turkey, is committing genocide again in, in Artsakh, formerly known as Nagorno-Karabakh. So, um, you know, that's why nations cannot commit atrocities like that with impunity. So thank exactly. you for speaking up and, and you know, doing such a great song uh, to educate people that I think most of whom, as I think everyone will agree, would never know about it if it wasn't for, for your song. If you're just tuning in, this is The Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. I am your host, Vic Jaramie. You are listening to my interview with musician Mark Ture. Let's talk about uh, your latest. Um, you put out like a kind of a smaller album just yeah. recently with four songs. And then also after that, you've also done a single, which is uh, Tick Tock Tick. But let's talk about the album. Sure. Because you've collaborated with uh, with someone. 
Yeah, so this uh, this EP, it's like a four-song album. Um, I collaborated with a fellow artist, uh, Nico Theme, uh, who's actually a really dope artist from the D.C. area as well. He's actually one of the first uh, two members of the Army Band to be hip-hop artists. So that's a new thing that they started this year in the Army program. And uh, he's really awesome. We met uh, performing at a show together and just sort of hit it off. And in 2020, we put a song called Perspectives out, which talked a lot about you know, race relations and white privilege and everything going on um, sort of with racial injustice in America. We got a very good response to that. So we started working on a sort of a, a bigger project and it came out to be this this uh, four song pro album called Decisions. And we do a lot of different things. Each song is kind of different, um, but the main theme is sort of going back to sort of being an independent artist, that that decision, that walking the fine line between chasing your dreams and self-funding those dreams and doing what needs to be done to just, just survive, having a nine to five, paying the rent, food, having a social life, you know, relationships, all that juggling act. So, you know, there's a lot of going back and forth um, between sort of those decisions on a day to day that I think can be pretty relatable to, to anyone, you know, chasing their passion and sort of sacrificing some things to do it. One of the things, if I caught it right, when I was listening to True Craft, there was yeah. a line you said, seeking perfection is a curse. Oh, yeah. And I thought, oh, my God, he's talking about me. Yeah. <laughs> the stress yeah. of it. Yeah, that was cool. And then I, I felt like Overture was like it was kind of like autobiographical, right? Yeah, Overture in a lot of ways is kind of like it's the start song to the project. And we're talking kind of showing off and we're rapping fast over this aggressive beat and kind of showing how we have what it takes to rap and really do, you know, impressive things from an artistry standpoint. But, you know, we're both talking about what we're doing in our daily life. So I'm, I'm talking about how I'm rapping, but also how I'm like working and like, you know, working with kids and, you know, there's a, you know, the whole verse is kind of just talking about how I have this passion for music, but you know, what a daily sort of life looks like, you know, and, and chasing that dream as well. If you're just tuning in, this is The Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. I am your host, Vic Jaramie. You are listening to my interview with musician Mark Ture. Yeah, I I like the, the diversity of them. They all seemed very separate from each other. It wasn't like one tone. And and uh, and it's very rare for me to like like just catch certain things in there and say, oh, wow, that's that's really poignant, at least, you know, it, the way it, yeah. it applies to me, at least. So, uh, yeah. And then let's talk about TikTok. Tick. So first, when I was yeah. going through music, I said, wait a minute, does TikTok have a problem with this song title? <laughs> then I thought, well, no, because it's not really TikTok. And even if it was, I don't think they have a monopoly on it. But yeah, um, I want to hear your like, what's the interpretation of it? Yeah, so I, I kind of put it out and it's almost like kind of like a little shot at TikTok, um, not necessarily TikTok itself, but sort of TikTok rappers. You know, I spell it the same way, you know, not TikTok like T-I-C-K, but like how the app is spelled. But I add that extra tick to make it a little different, um, right. you know, and it's sort of a play. The whole song is basically a play on time passing, sort of like the ticking of a clock um, yeah. and sort of how being really true to yourself and creating good quality art, um, whatever you do, whether it's music or hip hop or, you know, 
paintings or whatever, that's going to stand true and stand the test of time as opposed to sort of chasing temporary clout and hand, and jumping on bandwagons because you'll eventually fall off. And, you know, your your fan base that you might grow from that won't translate into real life. You know, it'll be something where you'll be big for a minute only in that digital space and then you'll fall off and people will kind of think of you like, oh, yeah, that was that guy who was doing that thing. But, you yeah, know, yeah, you know. So it's one of those things where it's just sort of like staying true and and building consistent, organic um, sort of quality content um, and sort of, you know, highlighting that as well. Yeah, I liked it. That was really kind of cheeky, but still a profound song. You've you've collaborated with a lot of artists. What who would you like to work with that you haven't? Oh, man, I mean. There's a lot of amazing artists that I would like. I have a huge bucket list. I mean, I was very fortunate enough uh, a while ago, back in like 2016, to open up for uh, Inspector Deck and Capadonna from the Wu Tang Clan. Yeah. I mean, Inspector Deck is one of my all time favorites. I think he has like one of the best rap verses ever, you know, the first verse on Triumph. So, I mean, from someone who I, who I've known and sort of, you know, had a chance to, to, you know, do a show with, like, that would be amazing. Um, but there's so many other artists, like just in the DC area that I've been performing with. I had a great opportunity to do a performance of, of Truecraft actually with a, a great opera singer um, named Alexand Alexandria Krishlo. And we did a really awesome sort of joint thing where it's rap, you know, hip hop, boom bap sort of melody and lyrics, but with a great opera sort of uh, chorus on it. Um, so, you know, I like to sort of do stuff that's a little unconventional sometimes, um, cause I think it's, it's kind of cool and unique and, you know, hits people a different way when they hear it. Yeah. Well, I certainly didn't expect you to say an opera singer, Yeah, <laughs> which is really cool. Yeah. What's next? What's coming up next that people should know about? Um, well, we've got, uh, a new music video. Uh, we actually have two visuals out from the decisions project, one for overture. And, uh, we just are putting one out for origins as well. I have a new, uh, short film, which we're getting ready to, to put out soon. This is a song from my older album, fresh air. Uh, uh, the song is called just kids. And it's a song that, you know, is really close to my heart as well. It sort of talks about young love and drug abuse and sort of, um, we did a what started off as like a lyric video and then turned into a full length video. And then after shooting and seeing the footage and how much we got, we we're like, no, this needs to just be like a film. So it's like a little indie film. It's like uh, 10 or 11 minutes. So we uh, right. my team and I, we're going to be working to put that out this year. Um, and then I also have a few new singles coming out with some features, some other uh, amazing artists and then a new full length album, which will be coming out uh, hopefully uh, later this year. And can all of this be heard and seen on your website, which is... Absolutely. Yeah, all of that is online, uh, Um, And you can follow me. It's at Mark Touray on, on all social media sites. Um, and that's Mark... My... Uh, I'm sorry. It's M-A-R-C, the number two, R-A-Y.com. Exactly. Yeah. Um, com, and you know all the current discography all the videos everything that's been put out so far is up there and then as new content comes out it'll be it'll be put out there as well fantastic well i look forward to seeing them and uh, listening to them uh mark is is there a question i should have asked you but i did not you know um is there something you want to add um nothing much i mean a couple of random random facts i'm, I'm a yeah. big video game player um, yeah. I cried at the end of playing Red Dead Redemption 2. And I'm not ashamed of it. 
<laughs> um, I love The Last of Us, and I got a little cat named Zoe who loves to come down to my music studio and uh, and hang out as I work on music. So, uh, no, no, that's that's, that's awesome. Yeah. And uh, I'm assuming you're you're in your studio right now. Yes, yes, I'm in my studio right now, and uh, been uh, working on it, just building it out. My dad actually he uh, let me use on a on a sort of permanent loan his uh. Yeah, sixteen hundred records in his collection. So I've got oh, this wow. pretty nice record collection that I've been sort of working through and digging through the crates on and building out. Um, you know, yeah, it's a it's a cool cool creative space. I like that's sweet, awesome. Well, Mark, uh, thank you for being on the show, for your music, your talent, uh, and uh, look forward to chatting with you again soon. Absolutely, Vic. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. Well, that was my interview with. Uh, with uh, rap artist Mark Turay, very inspirational. Mark, thank you so much for being on the show this morning. Appreciate your time and good luck, although you don't need it. And I uh, hope to talk to you again soon. Let's go out with uh, one more tune from Mark Turay. Alliteration, genuine narco You're feeling the artillery from hip-hop arsenal Metaphysical with metaphors that explore better form Now run it back, prodigal What up, son? Came to kick it, can I get down some? One dumb you down, double down, get around some Not frugal with the flow, right? Compositions with a composition I'm crushing my competition Elegance is evident with maximum eloquence Emphasis on excellence, call me your remnants More menacing than Dennis is Dope is the precedent, toting this pestilence Potent and venomous Hold up, know what we should do Pour a roll or drink a brew Tapping to the facts of proof Racking you some massive tools That include spreading knowledge Like so many classics do Fight the power, turn it louder We help the masses groove And uh, I don't stop Tick tock tick, I'm about to hit and uh, you don't stop. Tick tock tick, you bout that hip hop. Tick tock tick, we bout that. Before we go, I'd like to thank my producer, Ricky Herrera, without whom this show would not be possible, and KPFK, the station that brings you unfiltered and commercial free news, opinion, and hopefully some inspiration. Thank you for joining me today on The Blunt Post with Vic. For more information, please visit thebluntpost.com. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Vic Jarami, at V-I-C-G-E-R-A-M-I. Thank you. The Blunt Post with Vic.